Okay, welcome back to the latest United podcast. And this is an episode where we should be talking about everything that we love about Manchester United. An academy product in Mason Greenwood scoring a double in a must-win game for Man United in a very tight game against Burnley in a must-win game. We should be talking about that. That is what we love about Man United. Unfortunately, um, as you know, you do have the internet, so you are aware of what is happening. We're going to have to talk about everything that we hate and everything that we have sort of feared about Manchester United over the years. So um, where on earth do we start, Larry? Because I'm not sure where this podcast is going to go, but um, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Uh, yeah, we definitely do, Tom. And I'm with you. I just it's it feels like your heart's been ripped out. It there's this somberness to today's news where we've always heard about the breakout of a Super League. Uh, these conversations, I think we're at the peak of it. I want to say around July when uh, we're on the eve of the new season, but it all sort of simmered and went away. Um, but it's reared its ugly head. Um, and I think this time it's the, the turtles come well out of his shell. Is it, It's disgusting. It, it's just, it's greed and we'll, we'll get into it. And I suppose the best way to start is explaining what this proposed European Super League actually is, uh, the repercussions and why it might actually result in a breakaway from the Premier League and as a result, the death of football as we know it. Well, that's the thing. Well, we'll get into what we actually do know and what we don't know. There's so much to break down. But before we do, just on your last point there, I think that is a very real thing because this has been around for 30, 40 years, this threat of the big boys in Europe of making their own league. But it's always been a threat and it's always been around for, as I say, 20, 30 years. It's always been mentioned, but it goes away after six months and no no one sort of remembers it. This time it's different because the clubs have actually signed on the dotted line. So this is more than a threat from the clubs. They have agreed to do this. So that is why this news is so, sort of so emotional, feels so real, because unfortunately it is. But we will get into what we do know of what the Super League will be. And look, I've read 10 different articles on what it is. It's still not quite sure the ins and outs of it. But from what I do know, it's almost they're going to create their own mini Champions League without a relegation and sort of promotion sort of aspect to it. So the 12 founding members, the 12 big clubs... Um, which we'll get into, they can't get kicked out of it. So that is the reason for it. They want their guarantee at the top seat in European football. And um, they, the European clubs, the, the 12 clubs do want to remain in their domestic leagues, but the threat from the domestic leagues is if you go and play in this Super League, you're not welcome back in the Premier League. So um, what do you make of sort of what do we know about the actual competition so far? Yeah, so, I mean, if we're going with the proposal... Okay, so that's assuming all is happy with the other supporting entities or parties. It would be a midweek competition where United, for example, are playing in the Premier League against Arsenal on the Saturday, but then midweek on the Wednesday, they could very well be meeting Arsenal again in this European Super League. The way I understand, it's meant to be split into like two conferences. So you've got one and two. Um, and it'll be the the aim is to get it to twenty sides, and there'll be basically a home and away leg against each team in your conference. Uh, and then I believe it's the top six of the ten will then proceed to the finals or the knockout stages, as we now know in the Champions League. And it's the same concept: two legged tie, and then you have a final. Um, so, so the interesting part of it is. In order for, this is where the legalities and the intrigue comes, 
in order for this to actually go through, you not so all the Premier League clubs need permission from the Premier League to that allows them to play in another competition. So the Premier League signs off on clubs playing in the Champions League, the club FIFA World Cup where applicable, etc. So in order for this to happen, you'd need that approval. If the Premier League say no, the clubs have the power to break away from the Premier League. So that would really be the only circumstance where you could see this European Super League actually happening because there is not a chance on hell or earth that the Premier League is going to approve this. They've already come out publicly and condemned uh, condemned this proposed competition. So They've come out with that, but can the Premier League survive without the big six clubs? Because I don't think they can. So I'm all behind their very aggressive and very strong statement. I completely agree with it. But is it an empty threat from the Premier League? Can they really cave? I think they will cave to the big clubs. I mean... Because who's it's going a to be the big one, dog huh? in the Premier League? It's going to be Leicester v West Ham. They're going to be the two top teams. The Premier League yeah, won't look, survive. I, I take your point, but we need to just get past it. We we need to find a resolution that keeps the top clubs in the Premier League because I'm with you. The, the Premier League can't survive. La Liga can't survive without Real Madrid and Barcelona. Italian football can't survive without Juventus, AC Milan. Like, that, that's, that's the problem with this. Um... There, there needs to, look for me. The only solution is this Super League idea needs to be put to bed. It is disgusting. It's just, it takes away. Look, forget about the complexities and the infighting that it cre- creates. All right, the the thing that we love about European football is it's not a franchise. You have everything has to be earned. If you talk about the fabric of Manchester United, it's about fighting back from the tragedy of the Busby Babes who tragically died, who then come back and then become this super club again uh, in 1968 to win the European Cup final. We talk about the times United got relegated and came back. United being on the brink of bankruptcy and then Sir Matt Busby comes in and lifts the club up again. You can't have these amazing romantic football stories without what we have as promotion and relegation. You know, I, I was watching uh, Stratford Paddock and Stephen Housen mentioned it earlier. Jose Mourinho doesn't exist without the promotion relegation format. D- Porto, they're not in this competition. We don't see that. Leicester don't go on to make the Champions League if this doesn't happen. It kills the romantic side of football. And for me, and you know, we live in Australia where we have this format of there's no promotion relegation with the big sports here. And that's the thing, like your team comes last, but you just, okay, well, off, to, off again to next season. It, forget about everything else. It's, it's disgusting and it's so against everything that Manchester United stands for. Well, you make that point in regards to competition. That's why we support, I think, football and sport in general. There's competition. But I'll tell you what the one consistent thing is amongst a lot of these owners in regards to these 12 clubs. A big chunk of them are American owners. You've got Liverpool owners, American. Arsenal owners, American. We know that obviously the Glazers at Man United. It's a scary transition into the way American sport is run where there is no competition. You can finish last in the league. You sign one play next season, you're the favourite to win the league. And that is scary in my opinion. I can understand people's sort of opinions in sort of seeing the benefit of a salary cap, but it doesn't work at sport at the elite level. You need... You need to be rewarded for being good. You can't sort of... You see in the AFL, a team comes last, they get rewarded with picking the best player for the next season. That's not that's not sport at the highest level. 
and I'm very worried about these American owners taking these English clubs almost into the American way of life and it's scary. I'm scary. You just mentioned the point about Munich there. And look, this quote, and obviously the Munich tragedy, but especially the quote, it was 30 years before I was born. However, I look back, so I didn't witness the quote live, but I look back, which I said in a podcast before, is probably the reason I support Manchester United. And it's Jimmy Murphy's quote saying, it's not about their memory, it's about who we are to the world and showing we will not be bowed by tragedy because how we are in the future will be founded on how we behave today. And how the club behaved in 1958 after that tragedy was inspiring and it's why we love the club. However, the way we are acting today, I am very scared on what we'll be looking like in 30 years' time. I want to go to what Joel Glazer had to say about this unveiling and what his comments just show how out of touch these owners are with the reality of football fans. And it just shows you that they don't understand the football fans that line up their pockets. This is what he said. It will open a new chapter for European football, ensuring world-class competition, facilities, increased financial support for the football pyramid. On what planet does this support the football pyramid? It kills the football pyramid. If you think about the Premier League, you like you mentioned earlier, we, we look at it because if you take those top six sides out... Now, mind you, I've got to say, I don't know why Tottenham are in there. No one gives a shit about Tottenham, but anyway... You look at those sides and you take them out of the Premier League, no doubt about it, the Premier League's value, definitely, it's taken out. But, you know, I think if you if you look at it, how, like, this will kill jobs. if Because the Premier League won't be as attractive to broadcasters or fans, the value of the Premier League goes down. That, therefore, the money out of the Premier League will definitely decrease, which, as a result, creates less jobs. Clubs will then have, when they've been operating on these high-level budgets, will suddenly take all of that away. We saw Arsenal in the in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. They were furloughing staff left, right and centre and put all that money into signing Thomas Party. What do you think would happen to those clubs like your Burnleys and your Aston Villas where the money is then taken out of the Premier League for the next TV deal, been operating at hundreds of millions of dollars, suddenly you're operating at half of that cost? The first people that will go are the front line. And then that, that destroys pathways for young football fans. It kills jobs. It hurts the economy. This is, it, it's not good at all on any front. It's disgusting. It's greedy. And the thing that frustrates me out of all of it, Tom, we've criticized the Glazers for so long because we know the potential that Manchester United can operate at. This, going into this competition just shows the level of greed in which they work. They're so out of touch with the football fans, and I just want them to piss off out of this football club. We sit here and say, what can we do? How can we get the Glazers out? And we've been asking that question for 15 years and there is no answer that they're going to stay here. But football fans of all clubs now, Liverpool, we're saying the same thing. Arsenal are saying the same thing. What can we do? Not only to get the Glazers out, that's the minimum thing now. The immediate task at hand is how do we stop this league? And I just feel, again, there's no answer for me because money talks and they are the ones with the power. And we saw, we've all seen Gary Neville's statement last night when he was interviewed on Sky Sports pretty much during the United game. It pretty much broke um, late in the second half and the commentary was pretty much sort of away from the game and was solely focused on um, the breaking news. And Gary Neville's comments, I think, sum up everyone's thoughts. It was passionate, it was knowledgeable, it it was fantastic to hear him speak like that. And a lot of people are saying, well, that's great, Gary Neville, he's putting pressure on the owners, he's putting pressure on the FA and the Premier League and UEFA. And I'm just thinking, well, yes, and that's good, and Sky Sports have a platform, and that's fantastic. 
But at the end of the day, it's Gary Neville. Okay, we love Gary Neville, but he's a right back for Manchester United in the 90s. While we love his opinion and we love his knowledge, it's Gary Neville. What football will need, they will need players of the like of, and I'm not criticising these players for not doing anything. God, the, the news only broke last week. Well, last, last night, sorry. But you need Ronaldo, you need Messi, you need Mbappe, you need Neymar, you need Rashford, you need a Jurgen Klopp, you need a Pep Guardiola. Those are the people who need to get on the front foot and come out publicly and say something that, again, probably nothing will happen then. But we need those voices. Great Gary Neville's voice, that is fantastic. That's great. More of the same, please. But we're going to need someone big and a huge statement. It's like the thing with racism. It's great, okay, this team can walk off the pitch or they can ban this player for 10 games. Nothing truly is going to happen until a team like Manchester United walks off the pitch or abandons a game or Real Madrid walk off the pitch. If a team from the League 2 do that, okay, that's great, that's a great stand, but nothing will change. A drastic action needs to be taken, and I think the first step now is getting a big name slash big player. Look, could you imagine Pep Guardiola, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming out now in the next press conference saying, I'm not going to be here next year if Man United do this? Of course, that's not going to happen. However, I feel that is probably what is needed. Yeah, totally agree, mate. Um, It would take a coach or a player of significant popularity to really make a statement. If Paul Pogba came out and said, well, no, I want to play for France, I'm I'm not participating in this, it'd be huge. Or, you know, a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, saying something along those lines. We need that massive stance, but it needs to be unified, Tom. You know, I don't think one player or one coach is going to make the difference, unfortunately. There's too much money on the line. I think they're talking about 350 million euros or pounds yeah, well, per the, the, season. The package is 3.5 billion spread amongst the 12 clubs, which yeah, probably works out a couple hundred million each. It's phenomenal, right? And that clear that will essentially clear United's debt over the next few years. It means they could buy ridiculously good players. They'll buy... They'll have deep squads, but it's for an empty, gutless, soulless competition that no one's going to care about. Like you as a football fan, can you imagine this going ahead? You wouldn't even look forward to it. It'd feel like a friendly. Like it, you, there'll be no interest in this whatsoever. I think, I, I think it's... I think that's the thing. The owners, because the owners aren't football people, they see, yeah. oh, United v Real Madrid, United v Barcelona, Manchester City versus Juventus. They see those, oh, big games. Imagine you have those every week. Imagine the numbers will generate on social media and TV viewing. It would be massive. Well, no, they're wrong. They're only massive because they only happen once every two, three or four years we play those teams. That is why it's such a big occasion. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it, it would get, okay, for the first six weeks, yes, we'll tune in. It'll be fantastic. It'll be a mini World Cup. After six weeks, it'll be boring, especially for the fans. I, I think... One of the most ironic things is a, is one of the banners at Old Trafford, which they've set up over the seat coverings, is the quote from Samat Busby saying, football without fans is nothing. And the scary thing is, I think the football owners during this pandemic over the last year have realised, unfortunately, that they can cope without fans. It, 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 sort of in regards to in the stadiums, I think they've seen an opportunity for pay-per-view football and they can continue in, without fans in the stadium and still collect this money, which is what they're going to do. And it, it's, what you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you're just going to shit on the working class fan, which is what football, and more importantly, in our opinion, Manchester United is built on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you know what? You want to go back to all the good deeds that United did through the pandemic, means where nothing. they offered up a- 100%, mate. That's it. It's like, I do not care what they've done. 
in the midst of everything. They sign this deal, they go ahead with this, forget it. And I've seen some United fans who I know would die for this club say that should this go ahead, they're done with the football club. And I can't blame them. I, I don't know how I feel about the stands. Like, I couldn't say for myself, but it's a massive kick to the guts. It, it really hurts. Well, what do you think about that? Because a lot of people have said that, and I think, look, I'm not going to criticise someone for that opinion, but I think, for me personally, it's a lazy argument that it's, yes, I can stick my chest out and say, yes, I'm not going to support the club. I'm walking away. I've got morals. Well, I know deep down I can't. I know. I would say, yes, I'm done with the club. Forget it. I'm not going to buy tickets. I'm not going to buy merchandise. However, I know deep down there I'll be on a Monday morning at 3 a.m. I'll have my subscription and I'll be watching my club play. I just know I would. And I know Manchester United plays a far bigger part in my life than it should. I live and breathe it. Okay, It's it's detrimental to my health. I understand that. But that is the way I've been brought up. Manchester United is my life. I can't just throw it away. But it is the initial reaction I want to. I want to just say, no, I'm done. I've got better things to do with my life. But the football clubs and the owners, they realise people like me and millions around the world can't throw it away. We're glued. We're too emerged in the club that we are going to stick around, unfortunately. Look, let's just... I'll be amazed if this goes through, mate. I mean, with all of the commentary we've said, let's, you know, let's say I, I cannot see it happening. I just think with everything that's come out, the um, the anger, the frustration, the, the PR against all these football clubs and the way they've been labelled as greedy. And when you just have to look at how La Liga, um, you know, so many of those football clubs are struggling. Germany, you only have to look at England. You know, League One and League Two were... A lot of those clubs were on the brink. They were really on the brink of going bankrupt until they finally secured a deal to how they were going to release the Premier League money, which maybe was the nail in the coffin for, you know, this big six to think, okay, well, let's finally get the money we deserve. And if you remember, that's why this whole sort of conversation was kicking about at the time. And I just, the only thing let me put to you, Tom, we've seen the Champions League have proposed this revamped format that will see the introduction of I think it's another four or six teams. Do you think that maybe there's a ploy or using this competition might be a bit of a tactic to get more of the pie for those top football clubs in the Champions League, perhaps? Well, I don't know if you've got a sort of hidden camera in my room, but that is the next note on the bit of paper in front of me in regards to a negotiation tactic. Now, my initial feeling is completely in agreement with you. That is my first thought. This is a negotiation tactic to get what they do want from UEFA in regards to the Champions League. Because at the moment, Man United are going in and let's say getting, I don't know, say they're getting £100,000 for this, but a team from Slavia Prague, they're getting 40000 You think, well, United should be getting a far bigger chunk of that in regards to how much money they are bringing in. So that is what my initial reaction is, is this is a negotiation tactic from the big clubs to get a bigger slice of the pie in Europe. However, which I mentioned at the start of the podcast, the difference here is they have signed on the dotted line for this breakaway league. They've signed the letter of intent. It's not no longer a threat. It's a reality. Yeah, but the the thing with a letter of intent is it is just that. Um, a letter of intent is much easier to break away. And at the end of the day, all these clubs are the founding, founding fathers, for lack of better terms, fa- founding partners. Um, so I think all these parties could walk away from this deal quite easily, but... It'll just come down to, are they willing to do it? I will, 
I will be amazed if this happens. Tom. What role do you think, or sort of what not role, what power do you think the players have in this? Because in regards to what UEFA and FIFA have come out and said, and I haven't confer- I haven't seen this confirmed, but a lot of people are talking about it, that UEFA and FIFA have said that any player who is playing in one of these Super League clubs will not be able to represent their country in a World Cup or a Euros, for example. And I just think that is, that's a big threat, which I like it from UEFA and FIFA. Whether they fall through with it, I'm not quite sure, but I like it. And I think that will impact a few players. How do you, how we've talked about fans, we've talked about owners, we've talked about sponsorships, TV companies. We're not really talking about the players. What sort of power do you think they have in this? It's a difficult one. I actually don't think they have that much power. And the reason I say that is because these are their livelihoods we, we have to remember. So if you're employed by Manchester United, by Juventus, and you're told we're now participating in this competition... Your options are you stay at these elite football... Because let's remember the football clubs that have signed up for this. Paris Saint-Germain isn't going to sign all these players. So unless you want to earn the best money that European football has to offer, that world football has to offer, you have to stay with these football clubs. Unless you're Paul Pogba and you're happy to go play for Burnley next season. The reality is... They're going to have to participate. I don't think there's an option there. Now, we could say, yep, you know, boycott, uh, walk off the field in in unity. And, but if, again, for that to happen, all the players need to do it. It would take a coerced effort where they all do it together. You know, we need to see it happen in the next Real Madrid game, again, the next Barca game, the next United game, Arsenal game, etc. They all need to do it because if they don't, the players who want to go or rebel, they'll just be pulled aside. It's breach of contract. There's the legal ramifications of this, and that's the thing. I love Gary Neville and how passionate he was, but if you, imagine imagine the Premier League did what he proposed, stripping the Premier League clubs of their rightfully earned points. You know, it's the pot calling the kettle black. We can't say you need to earn the right to do something. That's why this competition's wrong. As a result, let's strip away the points you've earned this season. There's legal ramifications for that. It just can't be done. Well, can you see a situation, and of course, it's going to have to come down to the legalities of things, but can you see a situation where potentially a club may be in breach of contract with the league? Maybe, I'm not quite sure. It would take far smarter men than myself to figure that out. But could you see a situation where we could see a big club like United or any of these big six actually being relegated? If they choose to stay in the league, if they want to continue their domestic football, which they've tried to take the high ground with this football pyramid sort of nonsense, could you see a situation where United get relegated? I hope it happens. I, I, would, I, don't know it, it... I, I would love it. I, I would love it. Maybe it's the heat of the moment, but I would like to see United relegated. Not, I want to see United relegated, but one, it would weed it's out what a lot we of that don't, I don't want around the club. And I think it's part of the football journey, which we haven't experienced. I think it would be a good thing. So do I. And that's the thing, like, I'd love to see Liverpool, United, Arsenal, who, honestly, I would love it. If it was a possibility, do it. Um, But, you know, I just, I I can't see it happening. I think the way that this plays out, and I'll I'll bring it back to you, for me, this won't go ahead. I I just think there's way too much negativity around it now that whatever these clubs choose to do, it simply won't happen. I think this will end up in a negotiation with UEFA where should these clubs qualify... For the Champions League, they'll just get a larger slice of the pie. I think that'll be the solution. That, and look, yes, 100% agree with every word. But it comes back to me, that £3.5 billion spread out to those clubs. 
who cares about bad PR? If it's £3.5 billion going towards your clubs and they're all sort of in those same circles, I don't think they care about the PR. Uh, look, I, I take that point, Tom, but you also have to think the broader picture. This will hurt in terms of sponsorship. Uh, you could, you have to think, you know, ratings. We don't know how successful this thing will be. It should it go ahead. Now, of course, people are going to put their eyes on it. It's the big clubs. But I, on a, I truthfully can't see it generating massive ratings for a prolonged period of time. And if the negative connotations around this continue, why would you as a sponsor want to put your money behind this or associate yourself with these football clubs? It, yeah. It's not good press for you. So that's the thing, that there's a broader picture here. So that's why, you know, it's not as simple as here's 350 mil in the bank, I'm sorted. You know, United, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Inter Milan, they need to take into account how will our fans view us after this? Will sponsors still want to get on board and will it give us an opportunity to continue to grow our commercial revenue? There's a lot of pictures that there's a lot of factors come into this. The other thing is we also have to take into account this will create another TV deal. And then as a result of another TV deal, it means more fans are being asked during an economic crisis globally to fork out more money to another subscription. Again, can people afford to do that? I think there's a lot of factors to go into this. That's why I just, I don't see it happening. Yeah, well, look, definitely. And look, fingers crossed you're right. And look, deep down, maybe I do agree, but the anger and emotion currently... Um, it is hard, but I'm sure, look, I'm sure we'll be having a podcast every week around this topic because it is definitely not going to go away. And look, at the time of recording this, there seems to be a new statement from FIFA and UEFA and the Premier League and governing bodies every 20 minutes. So hopefully all this news we've been talking about is still relevant by the time it's uploaded. But um, anything else you want to touch on just before we move on? Because there was a football match against Burnley. We did play. But is there anything... Maybe solid, maybe more specific to United. We've sort of touched on the sort of broader picture. But before we move on, anything Glazer-related in regards to this that hasn't been said that you want to get off your chest? I think this just solidifies why we hate them. They just don't understand the football fans. You know, and the thing I hate about them, Tom, that we've had these moments where... And just now, this is the first time we mentioned in the last podcast... This is the first time since Fergie retired that you actually feel like United are starting to return back to the top where they can start fighting for titles again and putting a dent into the Champions League. The second we get that good feeling, they do something to make you hate them all over again. So disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah, no, definitely. Now, before we go on to Burnley, we'll just which we'll just touch on really the 3 2 ones because while it was an intense and important match... Yeah, it was a standard sort of 3-1 victory, nothing too sort of drastic happened, but we'll just get on a few Facebook comments just in regards to the topic we have been talking about. Uh, Michael Doyle from the Brisbane Supporters Club says, if this goes ahead, the histories of United and Liverpool and any big club who participates means absolutely zero. Stuart from the Perth Supporters Club says, I hope the top six get an immediate points deduction. Jesse Lingard wins the league with West Ham. Seriously, if this allows to happen, football is dead. A closed league is not a competition. Um, yeah, well, Jesse Lingard could get a winner's medal. Um, that's one positive. Um, Josh has been <laughs> on the podcast plenty of times. Dark day. Too much greed and self-righteousness with these clubs' ownerships. To play in a competition like the Champions League is a privilege and one that must be earned. What makes us and the other clubs think we have a right to break away? 
Hopefully they will see the sense and could prove to be detrimental to the players if FIFA and other regulatory bodies have their way. I'll be opting out when ticketing and memberships send the email. George says, Super League has only become about the big clubs such as AC Milan, Spurs and Arsenal consistently underperforming and missing out on the big stage. And um, Elliot Redwin on Facebook says, United will always be my team no matter what the septic tanks try and do to it. Which is what I alluded to at the start of the podcast. I think I can sit here and say, yes, I'd walk away. I don't want to support what the Glazers are doing, which, yes... But I can't. I, I know I won't. And the Glazers know I won't, which is what puts fans in such such a tricky spot. But we'll move on. Well, the last comment was obviously football-related from Emma, the secretary of the Supporters Club here in Sydney, trying to focus on the positives. 3-2-1s, Larry. Emma has gone three for Greenwood, two for Rashford, and one for Bruno Fernandes. We want to talk some football quickly? Oh, yeah, there was a football match this morning. Forgot about that. Greenwood, I thought yeah. surely, surely three points. Greenwood is very good again, and ultimately match winner. Yeah, he was brilliant. He and you know what? He he's been due this performance. Um, oh, can we say though? He should have had a hat trick. The one that Rashford put across the yeah, face. Yeah, I don't know what goal. happened. There. He just missed it. Mistimed just, it, I think. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Mason was awesome. Um, I, there's no debate. He was definitely man of the match. Fantastic. And i got to say, I love the awareness uh, for the first goal by Bruno. To... Yeah, that was a cracking goal. Fantastic play by Rashford. Nice ball. Bruno knew exactly where Greenwood was. Yeah, classic Manchester United. Uh, what we used to love when Manchester United were Manchester United. But um, the, man, the man I just mentioned there, I thought was very good as well. Obviously came off, whether he came off injured or... Um, it was just being rested, but I thought Marcus Rashford had one of his better games in recent weeks. I thought he was yeah. really good. Yeah, he was fantastic. He the build up the play he did before that goal. Uh, I think he megs the fullback, left him for dead. He looks sharp today, Rashford. He looks like he's had a bit of rest, um, which he's probably needed. Um, so no, Rashford was in top notch form, and I actually think he's a good contender for two points. If I'm being honest. Yeah, no, it would be definitely Greenwood for three, Rashford for two for me. Um, any shouts for one point? Oh, difficult one. I think could really go to someone in midfield, I think. Um, Defence didn't really have too much to do. I thought the goal, you know, thought, the goal was Bruno the goal. Bruno again, Bruno's starting to, not starting to, it's probably been a few months now. He's not been too careless with the ball. Obviously, he has that sort of exuberance. Sometimes he tries something he shouldn't, it doesn't come off, but that's what you're going to get. But he does it far less which compared to what he used to. Um, I thought Pogba was crucial again. Um, Donny van der Beek, definitely not for points, but came on, made a difference, set up the goal for Cavani. Um, Cavani obviously got a goal. He didn't touch the ball before his goal. But, um, yeah, I'd be looking at maybe a Bruno or a Pogba. <sighs> Difficult one. Definitely My could be Dean same. Henderson. Could you imagine that Dean Henderson, the first goal goes in in the first minute? We're going to be having a different discussion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't good. Um, um, oh, my heart saying Bruno, just for the length of time he spent on the pitch. Yeah, look, I thought Bruno, and obviously crucial assist. Well, he probably doesn't get the assist. Probably Rashford gets the assist for the first goal. But um, yeah, it's a crucial sort of dummy by Bruno. And um, I think as he was getting kicked around by Burnley, Burnley sort of targeted him and tried to leave a few on him a couple of times. And I thought Bruno did well to sort of keep his composure. There was a time in the first half where I was thinking, when it was nil all, I was thinking, geez, the longer this goes on, he's going to become more and more frustrated. And we haven't seen a Bruno Fernandes red card yet, which, well, I don't think we have. And ultimately that will come one time because he does have a short fuse. And um, I thought it might come today, but um, yeah, I thought he sort of kept his head well. 
and ultimately performed very well for us. So I'd be happy to throw the point his way. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. No debates there. Okay, well, there's been an interesting podcast. Anything else spring to mind? Any news United related or Super League related we left out? Actually, well, the, no, the main no, thing no. for me, can we have a sigh of relief? Our treble is safe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Manchester City losing to Chelsea. And, and uh, that that's a positive. Well, if this goes through, Manchester City, imagine putting in 10... When did they take over? 2008? Imagine putting 13 years over a billion pounds into that football club just to never win the Champions League. Yeah, well, look, if we can take the we can take the positives from that. But we'll just quickly, before we finish up, again, statements have been released every 20 minutes. So by the time you listen to this podcast, news might be confirmed regarding this topic. But one of the ones mo- at the moment, and I've seen different outlets report different things, so it's very much 50-50 at the moment for me. He's saying that UEFA could pull the sort of drastic measure of kicking United, Arsenal, City and Chelsea out of Europe, which would mean it would be a Villarreal v Roma final in the Europa League. And I just think we're talking about these long-term effects. I'm very worried about the short-term effects of the next couple of weeks and the chances of Solskjaer winning a trophy. Yeah, well, again, I don't see it happening. In order for them to kick those clubs out and... I don't want to bore people with the legal side or, you know, legalities, but you just can't see it happening. Like, in order for them to do that, there'd have to be a breach of contract from those football clubs to then to then do, you know, in order to then kick them out. Mm. I can't see where they can do that because it doesn't mention anywhere, as far as I'm aware, that they can't sign up to participate in another competition as long as they're still honouring their UEFA commitments or their commitments to UEFA, I should say. So that's as far as this season's concerned, those football clubs have done that. So I don't see the grounds for that happening. Therefore, I don't see it happening. Well, God, fingers crossed we can win a trophy this year because who knows what the future holds and what a trophy will look like in a few years' time. So, um, look, I'm sure we'll be having this discussion um, next week and the following weeks. And, oh, God, um, disappointing news, though. Disappointing day. Usually, yes, a Monday morning, a good, important win, go eight points behind Manchester City. We should be having... A really good beer and a discussion and a smile on our faces. This is a disappointing day. This is a sad day. The Super League, this so they're calling it the Super League. They've created their own website. I've just seen it. It's yeah, it's not good. Okay, well, look. Hopefully, everyone not enjoyed the podcast, but got something out of it and have their own opinions. And again, this is a big discussion. So if you do have an opinion and you want to come on the podcast, please let us know. You might have more knowledge about the area than both Larry and I, so we do welcome different opinions, so feel free to get in touch. Hopefully, especially if you're in Sydney, you hopefully can get down the pub and have a few beers because we definitely need it to get through a discussion like this and a topic like this. So um, hopefully you got something out of this podcast. And actually, it's a while before United plays, so we'll, we'll join you later in the week. I'm not reviewing a game, but probably probably an update on this, to be honest, and um, a definite, much-needed update. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Um, Larry, I would say it's a pleasure to talk to you, but yeah, I w- would have hoped it was going to be under better circumstances. You and me both, mate. Let's see how where this plays out, and hopefully by the time we catch up next week, that you know, hopefully this has all been put to bed. But we'll see. We'll see where we land. No, praying, praying. Of course I am. But um, yeah, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app, Spotify, iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, all that stuff, and you're following us on all your social medias. Really appreciate. All the interaction, if you can share the podcast on Twitter, just give it a retweet or share it on Facebook. We truly appreciate it. And until then, 
Um, we'll chat to you later in the week. Have a good one. Right, cheers, man.